are now listening to the NYYST Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 186 of the NYYST Podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. Yo! And it's that guy, Ryan. What up? What's going on, fellas? Good series, bro. Yeah. I was I was preparing myself to be miserable tonight. I didn't think well, I didn't think they were gonna pull this one off. Well, let's break this. Let's go into this real quick here. We briefly touched on it uh, last recording, and here we are recording Sunday night. Uh, we're going to be back in a regularly scheduled uh, Sunday night into Monday morning uh, recording, you know, release like we usually do during the season. Uh, you know, if we can pop on during the week, we will. But the Yankees don't have an off day for what sixteen days. I think August eleventh is their first off day of the season, yeah, which that. is a Monday, which is which wouldn't make sense for us to do back to back shows. So. Uh, with no date, with no day games either. Does you know? It's, Are we going to try and get a second show in during the week? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. There's really done. It doesn't fit right now. We'll have to kind of see where to schedule lies. Uh, there's no day game, so you we, we usually would record on an off day or a day game, and there's there's really none of those. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but as we were we talked about briefly last episode, this. MLB, because we recorded the day before the season uh, started, the MLB was trying to squeeze in at the last minute, expand it postseason, uh, and they did get it in. So Major League Baseball will now have 16 teams in the postseason this year, eight teams from each league. Uh, the top two teams in each division will make the postseason, regardless of record. And then the seven and eight seeds will be uh, the next, the two uh, best records remaining out of the remaining teams. Now, what I do like here is that they are not doing the pick your opponent bullshit. I guess so. It's yeah. just going to be straight seeding. So it's going to be one versus eight, two versus cetera, uh, seven, et cetera. And then um, the first round will be a best of three, no travel. So the top seed will have all three games in their ballpark. So uh, you were saying about you thought you were going to be miserable. You didn't think they were going to pull out the game today. And to me, it wouldn't. I mean, yeah, you want to see the Yankees win two out of three to take out to, to start the season, but with the expanded postseason, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Ryan called it. Exp- what did you call it, Ryan? Glorified spring training. Yeah. Glorified spring training for teams like the Yankees and Dodgers, who you're going into the season saying, "Well, they'll make it by default." So there's what uh, 15 teams in the American League now. Eight will make it. So you're saying then, are the Yankees better than seven teams in the American it's League? It's not even that. Eight it's teams. That they're not getting a buy. Like the top seeds yeah. aren't getting a buy. And, yeah, to start with the best of three, but eight teams in the American League last season finished under 500. Eight teams. I mean, even to give a best of three, that's still a gamble. Yeah, I just I don't like any rule changes that puts uh, the the one seed at a disadvantage. Let me say this real quick because this is obviously a huge topic right now. I want to get this out of the way. I just want to say we're at 187 reviews on iTunes. Um, we've gotten a lot over the past couple weeks. We're coming up on our 200th episode. We're not far away from it. We'll be there, you know, what? By the end of the season, we really should be now. Oh, yeah. 13 weeks, 14 weeks. So if we, unless, if we, unless we do a, you know, when we, we bang out two, then we'll get there a right, little sooner. Then we'll get there a little sooner. On our 100th episode, we had John Sterling as a big guest, which was awesome. 200, I obviously want to land a huge guest as well. If we get to two, I want to get to 200 reviews by then, which I think should be doable. So if you can, please leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes and tell us who you'd want us to interview on that 200th episode deal. Now, back to the what we were talking about. The reason why I hate the playoff shit the most isn't even the fact that they changed up the platform. It's that the one good thing we had riding on a 60 game season like the the silver lining that we found within it 
was that every game matters. 60 games, every game matters. Go all out. This is good. This is what's going to make it fun. That just doesn't pertain to the season anymore. Like if no, you, because when you, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you want to give guys off? Fine at this point. You just got to win X amount of games. You're going to make the playoffs. When you look at it like this, that a fourth-place team can make the postseason, it kind of takes the fun away from the regular season. And and honestly, it's just like other let's, – let's just take this from obviously from a Yankee standpoint here. Who's – out of all the teams that we could possibly face in the postseason, who's the only one that truly could pose a threat to us? I'm not saying they can't be beaten by anyone. What I'm saying is who's the one team that you'd be like, fuck, I really don't want to play them in the first round or this round or whatever. I guess you you would say I, I would say two teams there, Houston or Tampa. See, I I'm just I'm talking Houston. okay, fine. You want to say those two, fine. But like as long as you get a seating where you're not going to be facing one of those two teams, like who cares at this point? Just make the playoffs. And and you should you should make the players with your eyes closed with this team. Um, and it's just, but starting the playoffs with a three game series like that for a team that won the division, it's just, I mean, the Oriole, the Orioles can go out and win a three game series. Did they win today? They would, then they would have won a playoff they series. They did win today. Yeah, yeah. So they won a best of three series against the Boston Red Sox, who are, who are, I would say a better team right now than the Baltimore Orioles, but it's just, it's too Dude, much chance. There's minor league teams yes, better than, I agree. It's too much chance to start can the postseason I, can I, this can way. I, uh, can I say something right now? Yeah. Okay. Now, because we, our wives have decided to listen to the show because they've caught wind that we talk shit about them, so they think yes. they're going to have their own podcast talking shit about us right now. Yes. And they're going back and forth right now in our group chat about things they're going to talk about. I'll tell you right now, I will take every piece of clothing I have and throw it on the floor and then light it on fire. We'll just get a, that, The three of us will get a bachelor pad. Right? If that's if that if that's what's gonna if that's what they want to talk about about how messy my underwear drawer is, I'll light I'll light the whole damn thing on fire. I'll you know I'll go I'll go without it. I don't need it. Well, listen, well, all three of us will get an apartment together. We can record whenever we want. We can do whatever we want. We'll make sure that we get our kids the same weekend, and then we'll send Ryan on assignment so he doesn't have to be around that. For that weekend, and it will be it would be pretty. I think we'd have a successful setup, in that sense. So they they act like we're expendable, but it's really the other way around. Right. I mean, you know, it is what it is at this point. You know, I my wife has something that I don't have that my daughter likes right now. So you know, I'm kind of beating that area. Well, <laughs> she needs to eat. I mean, <laughs> so I have I have them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can milk anything that, with I mean, nipples. Have you? Yeah, you, you oh, yeah, tried. Papa? You ever yeah. milk a cat? Okay, Papa. <laughs> so, you but know. I mean, I guess I'm, if you look at it from a non-Yankee fan perspective, this this expanded postseason is better for the majority of fan bases out there because it gives them more incentive to watch the entire season. But as a Yankee fan or as a Dodger fan, I'd I'd put those two teams on a different level than the rest. That where you're you're expecting them to it, this is World Series or bust for both of those teams, but there's a majority. I mean now now think of how much more interesting this year becomes for fans of say like the Rangers, the White Sox, the Indians, even teams those fringe teams they're going to be competing for a playoff spot for the entire year. Yeah, but you know yeah. what? I think the White Sox are close to being a fringe team. Yeah, more no, than I agree. A fringe team anyway. Blue Jays, Blue Jays, another good. The one. Yankees can win thirty games without even trying. Yes, exactly. Because Christian, what was your number that you said before all of this? Uh, what was the number that teams were going to want to hit? To thirty, probably. What, what were we saying though? Like thirty, thirty-five. Like, but now it's like, what? Is, what do you think it is now with this? Twenty-five, thirty. Oh, you might, you might be able to get into the postseason, not even being a five hundred team. Yeah, I, I see absolutely. Because look at basketball. Basketball has what eight teams make the postseason, yeah. and and they, they year in year out have a have a five hundred or worse team as that eight seed. I even said ba- that, even football happens. I said this to Ryan though. Like, look at the AL Central just in a regular season. Like when the Indians aren't good and they're just kind of treading water, they make the postseason with their with their friggin' eyes closed. Yeah, I mean, only two teams finished over five hundred in the American League Central last year. The rest ten or more under. But last year you had the Twins really break out. Norm and a normal season where the Twins are just that mediocre team. Mm-hmm. You know, the AL the AL Central is just garbage. So you already you're gonna have a team 
that yeah okay let's say the twin i mean the twins should make it again they should be atop of that division the indians don't have to do much to make the playoffs and the, the yankees have to do even less think about it if you say the top two teams in each division make it and then the remaining two spots are left for the two teams with the best remaining records Let's say something crazy happens and, you know, uh, we'll say the Rays and the Blue Jays, you know, they have these incredible 45-win seasons. You mean to tell me that the Yankees wouldn't be one of the two best remaining teams yeah, in, absolutely. in the league? It's not even a question. And what and what the only incentive to winning your division or being the highest seed in your in your league is that you get to Get to host the first round of a of, of a best of three. Every game will be at your home ballpark in front of no fans. Aren't there aren't going to be any fans yeah. in attendance? So hey, what is the advantage? It is, Ry. You you fucking hit it right on the head, though. It's a glorified spring training at this point. It, uh, that and and that doesn't mean that we can't get excited. Like I was going crazy today. That was a yeah, great no, game. You get excited. You for still want to win. You still want to take that one seed. Yeah. It's still in. It's still important, but. It's just not the end all be all by any yeah. means. Right. Boone was on with Joe and Evan. Uh, what was it? After they won, it was it had to be Friday. I want to see because yeah, I was out. I got home later on Friday, so I heard him. And they asked him, "Was like, is this going to change the way you manage?" And you know, Boone was being diplomatic and trying to say, "No, uh, not really." But in reality, if you read through the lines of what he was saying, it's absolutely going to change the way he manages. Yes. I mean, you, look at today's game. Does yeah. David Hale pitch in a two-run ball game if if there's not eight playoff teams? Probably not. Probably well, not. Probably. I mean, probably. Yeah, still. maybe. I mean, but he pitched yesterday, yeah, he pitched too. Yesterday. Yeah, so, I mean. So, like, no. I mean, there's certain things. But you know what I like? I like that late in the game he went back to his main guys, a yeah. couple of them. I, I, if that's how it's going to go, like a day off doesn't have to be a true day off right now. You know, I don't mind it. I, I'm more focused on what this pitching is going to do. Have you guys even noticed the three batter minimum rule? It hasn't really like crossed my mind while it was going on. No, I haven't been paying attention to it. Like I haven't thought about it. You're right. I thought well, I, I they, still thought well, I would. Well, today that was a bit the more. first game where you actually cared about relievers coming in because okay, brought- the first game we didn't have any, and then the second game was a blowout. Right. So at that point, you didn't right. give a shit who was coming in. Well, Kate brought this up on the broadcast, and he's right. Is that when the Yankees bring relievers in, it they, you're not really doing it for, you know, platoon splits. These guys get both righties and lefties out. Right, right. So there's no, there would really be no, no necessity to, to right. yank somebody. It's earlier. not like we have Batansis anymore, who needs to come out when a left-handed batter comes up to the plate. Yeah, that changed. I would say that <laughs> changed over the last two years. At, at once Miller left, really, they stopped having specialist roles, and now it's just if you throw 98, you can get lefties or righties out. Can we just talk two seconds about the Mets? It, if, let me tell you something. Classic mess. They're going to make me look bad because I've been talking them up. And Edwin Diaz is such a piece of garbage <laughs> at this point. I don't know what they're going to do, but you have to stop relying on this guy if he's going to keep going out there and blowing games. That's another thing, too. You got to make that call a lot sooner this year, like changing your closer. You know, not every team are like the Yankees where if our closer goes down, we still have a guy who was an elite closer in the yeah. league to take his place. But, man, you got to really start thinking about maybe if if Diaz goes out there a couple more times and blows close games, you got to start thinking about a guy like Batances taking that role. I agree. I tweeted this yesterday. I'm really rooting for Dylan Batances this year. Oh, so am I, for sure. I want to see him go out there and dominate. Now, obviously, when the Yankees and Mets play each other, I don't want to see him dominate. But I'll be rooting for this guy. He was a. We've we've probably said this a dozen times. When it comes to setup guys in Major League Baseball, when when did he come? When was like his big breakout year? Two thousand eleven. Right? Can you look that up real yeah. quick, please? Uh, who's been better than Dellen Batances? Obviously, ex. Obviously, excluding last year, who's been who's been a better setup reliever in Major League Baseball since Dylan Batances broke onto the scene than De- than Dylan Batances? Seriously, yeah, no one. The only, I mean, you'll have people out there argue that because when he hit his lows, they were pretty low. But man, when that guy was on, which was most of the time, he was truly. You when, want to talk about unhittable? When Joe Girardi got fed up with him in 2017. He still had a bet. He still had a year. Guys would sell their souls for. Yeah, he he first Think came up 
2011, and he didn't really make his mark until around 2014. He I was gonna going to say 15 for some reason. Because he okay, still went so up and down those those years in between 11 and 14. He really broke. Okay, so he really broke out in 2014. He broke so out he when the other two killer bees were gone. Yeah, he really broke out in 2014. Posted a 1.5. But read me his stats oh, in no. 2017 because that was when Girardi got fed up with him because he was walking a lot of guys. Yeah, 2017, he posted a 287 earned run average. Which is still that's good. Ba- that's bad for him. That Six, was a bad yes. year for Dallin Batances. 66 games, 44 walks. Oof. Mm, yeah, that's... Uh, and yeah, 44 guy... walks in 59 and two-third innings. How many did he strike out? He struck out uh, 100. That was the year. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the year right around the All-Star break when he just couldn't find the plate. But, Chris, he still struck out 100. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying that's when he really had his struggles, right? Like, he just couldn't find the plate. He would, like, walk walk in all. He he would walk all three guys on base and then walk in the run. That's how much he was struggling when he was off. His strikeout numbers are just ridiculous. But here's my thing. Here's my thing with the Mets. I find myself rooting for them more so far this year because I just truly couldn't stand Mickey Calloway, and I, and I always said he was the reason why they wouldn't be successful. So I am pulling for them, obviously, unless they're playing the Yankees. But it's always good around here when both teams are relevant. It's just funny how they start off in like typical Mets fashion. Uh, DeGrom, one nothing win. And then their closer blows the game, and then now Purcello yeah, gets lit up. Uh, yeah, just, lit up. They, they follow their same book almost every single year. But you know what? Purcello, like Paxton, I don't worry about him. Yeah. Like Paxton it's just looks you like need, shit. But, you, but, but with 60 games and not having Syndergaard and Stroman, you need Rick Purcello to step up. And, and having a start like this when you're only making 12. All right, dead. I got to pull rank here. This is not the NYM yeah. Sports Talk yeah, podcast. You're, you're, so you're, what's the. I did want to. We did want to give a little shout out to Dylan Batances. It was a little weird watching him pitch for the Mets. It was, I'm definitely, man. I'm definitely rooting for the guy. Uh, it really sucked what happened to him last year. They pitched the two did batters, and that was basically it. Why you want it? You're like a little look. too tall for me. There you but, go. Boom. But yeah, so let's move on here. Uh, Thursday night, opening night for Major League Baseball, the Yankees faced. Uh, the Washington Nationals Yankees took two out of three this weekend. Uh, Garrett Cole made his uh, Yankee debut, allowed one hit over five innings. The game was cold in the sixth due to rain. They had over two feet of water in the friggin' dugout from the Dude, storm. Did you see that? Passed through. Did, I, I gotta. I I wish I listened in more when the rain delay was happening. I want to know if they had like different drainage systems set up in the stadium since no fans were there, because. If there were fans there and that water was coming from the upper deck, you'd be dead. Lawsuits. It was like a firefighter's hose shooting that at someone. That's what it was like. It looked like like a legit waterfall going down onto the seats in the outfield. But we were commenting when we were watching a game. It didn't look like Garrett Cole had his best stuff early on, especially. Definitely not. And then, and, you know, and you were listening to him and he was fighting some emotion. He was fighting a little bit. He might have been over amped up and. You know, I like I said, I tweeted this the other day, and everybody should follow me at Christian underscore NYYST. I'm full of good tweets. Yeah, he's got good uh, tweets, guys. I got some good tweets. He tweeted, uh, he tweeted it. I tweeted it. Uh, you know, Garrett Cole has pitched exactly five innings for the New York Yankees right now, and he might be my favorite player on the team. Yeah, really. <laughs> Everything the guy has done and said since he's been here, and Chris is going to play this clip in a quick second. It's been everything you want out of a, out of your ace. And you know what, too? I, this is what I love. And this is what we haven't had since CC in his prime. When you see a guy go out there, and I'd say Garrett Cole was maybe 75% of himself the other day, of his true talent and capability. When you see a guy go out there who is, who is fighting each pitch and trying to hone it in like that, but still only gives up one hit. Yeah, despite it being a home run, one hit over five innings and still keeps them off balance and still is dominant. That's an ace. That you is an ace. When he turned the corner, was it the second or third inning when he painted that right on the upper corner uh, at 99? I think it was the third, but I could be wrong. That's when he turned the corner to get that strikeout to end the inning. And, you know, that's, that's something we haven't been able to see from Severino where you're really looking for that quality where Severino has his moments, even if he has you know five great games in a row, 
in that sixth game in an ace, when you don't have your stuff, you still find a way to get the job done. And you haven't seen that consistently enough in Seve, and that's why it sucks that he's fucking hurt the last two years. Yeah, well, what Garrett Cole did in uh, Thursday's game and what he did at Yankee Stadium in the ALCS is what separates the truly elite pitchers from a guy that is maybe a a number two. Absolutely. All right, you want to play this clip? Yeah, play this clip. It's a quick little post-game clip. Uh, SNY had it, but uh, we're going to play it for you. Garrett Cole being asked about his uh, opening day. What is your favorite memory of opening day as a fan, as a Yankee fan? Well, this would be my favorite memory of opening day. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not even a joke. It's like, it's genuine. Right. This guy's just a genuine Yankee. And that was the second part of my tweet. Yeah, the dude got $324 million. And I'm sure that's the ultimate reason why he came here. But you can tell Garrett Cole wants to be a New York Yankee. You could just sense it in everything that he says and does that the spotlight will not be too big for Garrett Cole. That if Garrett Cole doesn't get it done, it's because Garrett Cole couldn't get it done on that day. Not because the moment overwhelmed him. And, mm-hmm. and like, all right, when we're 10 years old, and playing Little League, and, it, and if it's a scrimmage game and you see, and you're a kid going out there and you're making a big deal over a scrimmage, people look at you and you're like, what a fucking loser, what a head case. But you you don't do that when you look at Garrett Cole. Look at him in the games that didn't even count. Look at him in the inter-squad yeah. games. He went out there with his game face on and was truly pissed at himself when he wasn't pitching well because everything to him is about winning. And let me tell you something, man. This guy is could be the best pitcher we see the Yankees acquire in our lifetime. I think so. I don't know if there will ever be another level of this kind of guy, and we really need to take advantage of it. And we don't – I mean, the guy's here for what? He's got a 10-year option, Ten a 10-year option. We don't know what he's going to be like at the end of this contract. Yeah, no. Right. It'd be 39, 40 years old. But for the first three to five years – this guy is going to be as dominant as anybody we've ever, and I know, you know, anything can happen. But my initial thought is that for at least the three, first three to five years of his contract, he's going to be as dominant as anybody we've ever seen pitch for this. Club. Let me ask you a quick question. This popped into my head the other day. Okay, let's let's take Eric Cole's contract and let's shorten it to six years. Over six years. How many World Series would he have to win with this team for you to say the contract's worth it? Two. Two. Okay, let's shorten it down to three years then. One. One, One, right? But he got, let's just say he's getting paid the same amount per year. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal. I mean, if they won it, if they won it over this one season of a shortened season, it still counts. It would still count for you in in your way of saying this contract paid for itself. If he wins the, if he, is the staff ace and leads his team to a World Series, especially now that we have this bullshit extra round? Yeah, it counts. Because I was, th- I forget whose name was mentioned, and I was like, damn, that was a huge contract. I forgot about that. And then I was like, he only has a few years left. Would this season qualify for fans to say, okay, his contract was worth it because they won it, even I've though it was it a short hundred times, and I'll say it again. This, I'm not throwing. If the Yankees win the World Series this year, I'm not giving it back. And be like, oh, it was only sixty no, games. Yeah. I, I, listen, I'm already, it was, I thought it was going to be tough just watching the Mets like scrimmage games when we were playing them. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to really turn it on. Like if I'm going to be able to fully turn it on when the season starts, like I said, I was fucking screaming at the TV today. I mean, that was, that was a great game. I was in it. Although the the audio was a bit distracting oh, in, in the that beginning, early it was terrible. Of that game in and out, in and out, even on the radio. But then it got. I think, it was, we're, gonna, it I think we're gonna see a lot of that because yeah, they said fine. they got it with the regional games. They're gonna have to share the feed, so yeah. we didn't really notice it on Thursday and uh, Saturday night because they were national games. So there was only one feed. Outside okay. outside of the miserable John Smoltz, I thought the Fox broadcast was phenomenal. I really did the crowd noise through the yeah through the actual agree, agree. network. 
Yeah, it was better than we've seen on uh, Yes or SNY. Oh, yeah, for sure. The one thing you didn't miss, though, with the, with the time off was just announcers just could never give Yankees any sort of a positive attention. It was Fucking just Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer, 13 Ger- strikeouts. I get it. He had a great game, but he also allowed four runs. Jericho is the pitcher, is the winning pitcher at the time ever of the as rain a delay. Too. First game as a Yankee, has one, gives up one hit, and then we get to the rain delay, and all there's all they can talk about is Max Scherzer. And then the next day, I got to listen to Max Scherzer for an inning, <laughs> for a full fucking inning. I got to look at him, <laughs> and I like Max Scherzer. I'm not nah, saying he's, the, he's one of the best. He's right I'm just saying, why am I watching him when the Yankees are up at bat, and I have to go to a full screen of Max Scherzer every three seconds? Well, that was the, that's the thing that really pissed me off because I think these uh, in-game interviews with the players are completely pointless. But if you're gonna do them, at least do it when that player's team is up at bat. Yankee fans don't want to hear from Max Scherzer when their team is batting. They're trying to focus on the Yankees at bat. If you wanted to put a Yankee up there, I could live, you know, I'll deal with it. Or if you wanted to do Scherzer when the Nats were batting, I could deal with it. But don't give me the opposing player when uh, the other team is at bat. That's just stupid. I, I honestly it out. Give a, give us a Yankee afterwards. I can't even stand when the when there's a Yankee being yeah, interviewed. I don't, I, don't, I don't like it. It's something that I don't care about during the game. I care about the game when the game is on. Mm-hmm. Give me an interview before the game or after the game. Then oh, I want to hear that shit. Max, what color did you paint your bathroom during quarantine? Nobody cares. Oh, I, wanted no, literally, to, nobody. I wanted it to match my one eye, but then I decided. But then my wife said, you know what? I like the other eye better, <laughs> so let's do it in that. I like, love that he cares. I love that he plays up the eye, though. Like, he, he allows yeah, the Nationals to put it. that huge billboard up. Yeah. With the nah, two eyes. He's a I think, very yeah. entertaining I think, Wouldn't you have to lean into it if you were Max Scherzer? You kind of have to. You have to. But let me let me ask you this. I forget which announcer said it the other day on opening day. Was he saying that this was the first time Scherzer had faced the Yankees as a national or first time ever? Could that be possible that the Yankees never faced the Tigers when Scherzer was pitching? I didn't hear anybody say that, and I don't know I think for he sure. said with the Nationals. I'm gonna, I have the baseball reference extra package thing that I can... Do a quick search on it, but I'd be shocked if that was the first time the Yankees faced him, and they looked pretty well, good. <laughs> the other, uh, the other big takeaway from opening night was uh, Stanton hit a bomb, and then he had another good at bat where he went the other way with the ball, which we don't see him do enough of. Uh, so that was the the third RBI that he had. He took a ball in the outside part of the plate and, and hit it into right field for a single, which was a good sign. Um, Who did so, this, you yeah, said? Stanton. Yes. So Stan had a big game. Garrett Cole gave you what you wanted out of Garrett Cole. You know, Yankees get the win, uh, a range-shortened game. So then we move on to uh, Saturday night, which was a complete friggin' throwaway because James Paxton didn't have shit on the mound. Uh, you can tell right away sometimes. And, and this is what we just talked about, the yep. difference between an ace and a guy that can max out at a number two. James Paxton had nothing to go to when he needed to get an out, and that's what separates him from being a possible ace. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he's not built up to where he needs to be because of the back surgery. And Boone, I heard Boone on with uh, Susan before the game today, and his his buzzword was unlock. He said that uh, Matt Blake and uh, James Paxton will have to unlock some of his mechanics. But, you know, his his, uh, fastball was sitting around, what, 91, 92 last night. He's a guy that could hit – a 98-99 when he's yeah, uh, and, at the top of his game. And what were they saying? That, uh, I think it was Boone that said that Paxton's velocity has been down all spring training, too. So Which it's like, was, what's going on there? be expected, yeah, you right, know, coming right. back from surgery. But, if you know, you're going to put the guy on the mound in a regular season game. You would think that at least at this point he'd be able to, you know, throw competitively, which – you know, when you're dipping from like 98 to 92, that's not really competitive to me. You know, if we were sitting yeah. like 94, 95, that would be a better sign at this point. Uh, not to cut you off, but that was Thursday night. It was the first time in Max Scherzer's career that he faced the New York Yankees. Wow. I would have never guessed that. That's wild. Wow. Well, well yeah. because the last time they faced the Nationals, I believe he was injured that year. So he wasn't pitching. He didn't pitch in that series. And then... I guess he was on the Tigers. The Tigers. Never played the Yankees. The Tigers. Speaking of his, you know, his former teammate, Verlander, had some uh, fake news. 
today go out about him. Fake news, fake news. About the, uh, I mean, the, the reporter or he said fake news? No, 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 no. Someone reported fake news on oh, Verlander that he was out I for the know. year. I, I still think he's headed for Tommy John surgery. Come on, absolutely. But he, he made it a point to get on Twitter right away and and let everyone know mm-hmm. he's not out for the year. It's just a strain. Just a for, quick forearm strain. No big deal. Which which then I had read somewhere that I uh, that uh, forearm strains occur from years of repetitive trash can banging. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's an unfortunate side effect uh, yeah, for uh, unfortunate. Justin Verlander. Oh, wow, they lost today. So is, is there is every team does every team have a loss now? I think the Astros were the final undefeated team. There's been some good yeah, games already. Everybody has one, at least one loss. There's like, do you feel like the Orioles are what two and one? Yeah. Do you think there's enough false hope in a shortened year that a young naive team like that could somehow yes. build off of it as bad as think the Orioles are? Way. Think as about bad it this as way. the Orioles are. All right. All right. But now picture you're the Orioles and it's August and you're tied for first place. Yeah, I mean, two months of this final of left in the season, you could you could turn that mindset on. Like, there's a lot of teams. You talk about Cinderella stories that they ride that energy yeah. when they shouldn't when they shouldn't be. But the Orioles, to me, just are not talented enough. I, like, no, this I is mean, more look, of a fluke. It, it would it would definitely be a prime Cinderella story if the Baltimore Orioles make the playoffs. No, that would be fucking <laughs> just end Major League Baseball at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why they expanded the postseason too. On it, but I mean, I, I it, it could happen because we're saying that a team could be under five hundred and possibly make the playoffs. So, I mean, at that point, at this point, I'm they not, only have to win. Chris, I'm not more picking games. on you right here, but last week when we were, or last episode when we were arguing about uh, the Toronto Blue Jays who didn't want to play in Buffalo and now are playing in Buffalo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and you said that oh, they should be allowed to play in Canada. We should let you know we should be able to have adults act responsibly. Well, an NBA player decided he was going to leave the bubble to go get chicken wings at a titty bar. So <laughs> this is why you can't trust people to act responsibly. Oh, boy. Yeah, Lou Williams, right, of the Clippers. <laughs> even, big piece for them, too. Like, that's a big blow. To, even to the bubble him. couldn't keep him safe. I mean, come on now. Yeah, what are you, you doing, guy? You, you, can't, you can't trust people to do the right thing. That's what I was trying to tell you last episode and this guy leaves right. the bubble to go get chicken wings at a fucking nudie bar like come on dude when did you think that would be a good idea out of out of all the places you could go and all the risks you can take at that point and did you not think it would be a story what team was he on did you say the clippers yeah He's a good player too. I think he won six man of the year last year. Not to not to get off topic real quick, but I gotta bring it up because we mentioned basketball. You guys know I started I'm a little late to the party, but I was told to wait till it gets to Netflix to watch the uncensored version yeah. of The Last Dance. Let me tell you something. I've watched a lot of documentaries. Yeah, Chris a big documentary guy. A lot of docuseries. Not many, if any, have been done this well. It is very well done. And I'm on episode eight, I believe. Oh wow! Wow, you you oh, stormed been power that thing, watching. Huh? Been power watching. I didn't phenomenal story. Very good. I'm ex- I'm actually a little excited for the uh, one coming out on the '86 Mets, Cocaine and Championships. <laughs> that was that was actually a shocking Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> <laughs> that was a shocking uh, story to me too. That's how the Last Dance opens. Where they talk about the '80s Bulls just like fucking uh. ripping lines of cocaine. That and Jordan was like, "Yeah, I never did cocaine." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is Jordan always high or does he have a liver <laughs> issue? Because his eyeballs are fucking bugging dude, me out. Drink, dude. Who was he drinking scotch by the gallon full in that up in those? Wait, uh... he goes, he goes, yeah, because you know I didn't smoke, I didn't drink back then. <laughs> Oh man, great documentary though. If you haven't watched it, you got to yeah, go on and fucking out. check that out. And I and well, honestly, this coming from someone who fucking hates, hates basketball yeah, not and basketball. I have no interest in in it, and it is absolutely phenomenal because the dynasty aspect. It's cool to see that kind of success and behind the scenes of it all. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, back to last uh, last night Saturday night's game with uh, James Paxton. Um, 
So it seems like he's going to have to go work with Matt Blake a little bit to unlock those mechanics. I don't know, man. If the Yankees are going to get that type of performance out of him, that's not going to that's not going to fly. It really isn't. Well, before the game, what was concerning to me was Flyer. I think it was Flaherty. He outright said Paxton said he wasn't one hundred percent. He's still working out his mechanics to to fit. You know, mm-hmm. him feeling comfortable out there. That I mean, those are the things that suck with not having a regular season here and getting a full spring training. But you got to give me something better than that. You're you're too good. Even if you're working on stuff on the fly, he's too good to be that bad. He's too good you know, to be that bad. A silver lining in his atrocity uh, last night was Michael King. Now, his final line doesn't look good. He gave right. up, what, four runs? Yeah, three and a third, four runs. But I came away. That's the first time I really... Watch Michael King pitch. I mean, he had two innings last year. Guy only knows when the hell he threw him. Uh, so, well, his first you know, battery face too, right? D- nice double play with the bases loaded, loaded, nobody really, yeah. out. So that was a good, good start. I came away really impressed with Michael King's yeah, stuff last night. You know what? His just his whole demeanor. He yeah. really didn't seem like the 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 whole moment was too big for him. I like. I like. And what he had. I, I obviously you got to look at that too. He looked really good. He made a couple mistake pitches, but I mean that shit's gonna happen. He looked like he's a guy who's gonna be up here for the was season. Was he on the mound when Gardner misplayed that ball and left? That changed Maybe, the whole game, know. right? Because then there was a home run right after. Yeah, I'll, and and I'll say this: if you go back a few episodes ago before the season started and everything, and we were talking about how the pitcher should really be up to par at this point because pitching is something even during quarantine you can really work on. But fielding, no matter how many fly balls you take, no matter how many grounders you take, no matter how many times you field it and throw it to first in practice, it's never the same as in as in the game. And you're seeing yeah. that right now. I saw Aaron Judge make a couple of plays. Or didn't make a couple of plays Saturday night that you yeah. kind of expect him to to make. If uh, maybe we were really in the thick of things right. here, but like so laying out for that point. ball. He, really, any if he's in the in the middle of that in the middle of the season and seasoned at that point, you're not laying out for that ball. You're just keeping it in front of you at that. You know, it, it does show you what the Yankees think of Michael King is that they made a couple of roster moves after the game Saturday night. You would think that he would get sent down. And I love how they're calling it the alternate site. Like that's what they're calling. Yeah. Like Ben Heller and Clint Frazier were sent to the team's alternate site. Like that's the fancy word that they're calling it. But instead of just saying they were sent to Scranton Wilkesbury, it's the <laughs> alternate site. Um, that knowing that he's probably going to be down for a few days and un- unavailable to the team, that he didn't get sent down. That the Yankees kept him up here. That just it goes to yeah. show you what they think of him right now. Yeah, but how does it? But, how does it go to show you how uh, they think of Clint Frazier? Well, that was going to segue right into it here that Clint Frazier got uh, sent down. Uh, you know, and I got asked this question on Twitter and I wanted to, you know, bring it up on the show here. And, you know, Boone, Boone was asked about this and he said that, you know, Frazier is a legit ball player. He's ready to make an impact at the major league level. It's just that he's being blocked by good players right now. And, I mean, are we at the point now where Clint Frazier has no future, absolutely no future with the New York Yankees? I think we've been at that point, but it's just been prolonged. But he's on a 30-man roster. He can't stay up here? No, I mean... I mean, now it, we're now it's gotten really to the point where... It's scary because we've said it a million times on this show. When the guy gets up to, to the plate and he's seeing the ball well with his swing and shit, he is a major league hitter. I mean, he's fucking, he could break through in this league. And I don't know if he's ever going to truly get that chance anymore. And then it's like, oh, but if we're going to get rid of him, we better get someone good, right? Because we gave up a good player for him. So we better get someone good, but there's no one good enough that wants Clint Frazier that we can seem to make a deal for him. You know, and that's what I, it's also something that was brought up. And people were like, oh, just, you know, people were like, oh, you just got to trade him. It's not fair to him. First of all, I don't want to hear what's fair to anybody. This is a business. He acted a certain way that kind of got him into this position, number one. And number two, Brian Cashman's not going to give this guy away just so he can go have an opportunity somewhere. Brian Cashman will, 
if it's up to him, if he can't get the right deal for him, he'll sit on him and just let him go and become a free agent in a few years. He's not going to go hand Clint Frazier to somebody uh, for a guy. You know, Clint Frazier is a guy that I think has 30 home run potential in him. As far as his as far as his attitude goes, do you think he's done enough over the last you know year and a half or so to make up for that? Where you say, okay, he's grown, and I think maturity wise, he's there, but he still might not get that opportunity. I mean, yeah, no, I definitely think that he uh, he should kind of be forgiven for the way he acted, and if he's you know he's been more mature and handled things differently, and it sounded like uh, just from kind of the clips that I uh, or the paraphrasing that I heard of what he said after he got sent down last night is that he is handling it a lot better and handling it more like an adult but the way he acted definitely played a role in how he's been treated in this yeah. organization because you can't say that it hasn't how old was Aaron Judge when he came up in 2016 I think he was like what 25 he was a little bit older he was older right we have yeah. Clint Frazier at 25 now who we've known for a long time and and the Indians have known when they draft when they had him when they drafted him that he has the potential to be one of the best hitters in in the game I mean we're judge was not supposed to be Aaron judge right everyone knows that the scouting reports are out on him he's he was never supposed mm-hmm. to be a guy who could become the face of the New York Yankees and practically the face of baseball right yeah I but, don't think people but Frazier was scouted and drafted as a star. I mean, yeah. th- this kid I mean, was hot. Aaron Judge was a first-round pick. Let's not forget that. It's not like they drafted him in the 32nd round. The Yankees had expectations for him. But if you look at the scouting reports of Clint Frazier compared to Aaron Judge, they were so Clint Frazier was much more highly touted than Judge, and yet this is a kid who still hasn't broken into the major leagues, and he's he's 25 years old. Here's what Aaron Boone said when uh, someone asked him about the Clint Fraser situation and getting him playing time this season. He says, I don't know. With our roster right now filled up, it's just difficult to crack and to really get legitimate playing time right now. It's a unique situation. It really is. I mean, you got to feel for the. I mean, you got to feel what Clint Fraser's feeling that Miguel Andujar has never played a game in the outfield in his life. And he was in left field today, and you get sent down. And Mike Tockman, who is a, one of the most awkward guys I've ever listened to give an interview that would rather watch uh, Game of Thrones than play baseball, <sighs> is playing center field today, and you get sent down. Didn't this happen to Clint Frazier with someone else last year? And we were like, Jesus Christ, they're playing this guy. Yeah, it was probably before Mike Tockman became like a, more of a household name. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, that, that sucks. That's tough to swallow. So, yeah, I, I don't think he's long for this world for the Yankees, but on the same hand here, I don't think Brian Cashman is going to turn around and trade him for nothing or just to get him out of here. They'll continue to use him the way they've been using him. And, you know, I mean, really you would think that maybe next year would be Clint's big opportunity to break out but it almost seems like you know talkman's ready to step up in that guardy role and don't yeah. don't forget last year and i'm not excusing this in any way but last year he could have had that opportunity to take that next step in the in the eyes of yankee fans and the organization but he was hurt alongside all those other guys that were hurt so he didn't get that chance to it wasn't yeah it wasn't even that he was hurt it was that he started to become a liability too much of a liability right. in the outfield where when he started to slump a little because every guy's going to go through a slump. You can't, you can't kill a guy over it. But when you're slumping and you're also a huge liability in the field, you become extremely expendable when, when you have a team, when you're on a team like the Yankees with depth. Yeah. And you, you, you'd want the defense at that point for those bottom of the lineup guys replacement. Like so. if Frazier's going to play the, the field like that, he needs to be on fire up at the plate yeah. every single, every single game. And that's just not going to happen. And so he got sent down before today's game. And then during today's game, it was a field. I mean, Yankee Twitter was on fire today because Patrick Corbin was pitching a perfect game through what, five innings? Mm. Who's the guy we could have had instead of J Hap? Who's the guy we could have had? You know, house cheap. Meanwhile, he got an ace in, in in the dugout making $300 million. Yeah, hold on. How- would, would we have had Garrett Cole if we got uh, Corbin? It's very debatable. It, just it's that alone? Debatable. Just to say it's debatable alone? Makes me not even care that they didn't get him. Look at Corbin's. I the guy had a great postseason last year. 
I'm not saying he's not a great pitcher, but look at his numbers and look at the money he got. We said this a hundred times when it was this offseason when he got signed. He was just the sexiest name available, and he got that big money. But I'm waiting out on Garrett Cole all day. Yeah, yeah, you can't. It's not even a question. Not even a question. So, and then Glaber finally cracks the scoreboard with a single. Yanks are down to nothing. Then he hits a big home run, followed by another Yankee Twitter favorite right now, Luke Voigt, who I actually had to put out a tweet today about how stupid it was that people were saying that he was washed up. After two games, Luke Voigt is washed up as a Major League Baseball player. Yes. Which isn't even the dumbest thing I've heard Yankee Twitter say this this uh, short season, is that Guardy needs to be benched. He needs to retire already. I mid-season. Think, yeah. Mid-season retire. Please. Uh, the Yankee Twitter's in mid-season form right now. Well, you know and what? Gotta... They should be. It's a mid-season, technically, right? They've had, they had all this time to practice and get ready to be irrational. And now here you go. I had someone. I gotta, that, sorry, you go. I got a tweet right now with over 600 likes on it that says Gary Sanchez could actually cure COVID-19 and Yankee <laughs> fans would still hate him. And most of the replies to that tweet are proving my point. So I put it on mute because I just don't feel like this. <laughs> I'm glad you it. brought that up because I had someone reply to, to one of my tweets today and said, is it time to start worrying about Gary Sanchez or too early? I was like, dude. I know it's a shortened season, but way too early, first of all. Second of all, this is going to be a season where you ride the hot hand, right? Not everyone has to be on fire all year. Let's just ride the hot hand, and we know what Gary can do in a short amount of games. When he gets out, he's out. Dude, he played 50. How many games here? Hold on. He played 53 games in 2016. The guy hit. 20 home runs and had 42 RBIs in 53 games. Okay? He can explode at any moment and make an, a huge impact. He's behind the plate, the block balls, the pass balls, whatever. He'll catch up with all that. I think he got much better last year, and I think he'll get... He's concerning me a little framing his pitches. I texted you guys this because he's known as a really good framer. He's been over-exaggerating the frame for me this year. Yeah, I noticed. He's pulling up pitches like a foot that only need an inch. No, Garrett Cole didn't have any complaints about him on... Uh, well, when you're Garrett Cole, you don't need your special catcher, and you don't care who's behind the plate because you're a fucking ace, and you deal no matter who's there. All right. We all know Gary Sanchez's flaws, and right now, especially in the last season plus, he's gotten way too pull happy, gotten way too homer happy. He needs to go back to being the hitter he was in 2016 and 2017, where he's willing to rip the ball gap to gap. That's Gary Sanchez at his best. We all know that. And then, you know, today with the pass ball and a really bad time in the game, and then, you know, who was that? That was Bonifacio that got thrown out at third because he oversold the bag. And, oh, Gary got lucky. No, first of all, let me explain something to people that that really need to pay attention to the game here. Did the Yankees get lucky that Bonifacio overslid the bag? Absolutely, they did. But if if Kyle Higashioka is behind the plate, Emilio Bonifacio is not out because he's got more than enough time to get his ass back on the bag. It's that Gary Sanchez has got a cannon and put that ball right on the bag that caused that overslide, that partly caused that overslide, and gave Gio Rochella the time to go out there and make that tag. So you got to give Gary part of the credit for making a good throw there, even though, yes, he would, he would have been safe if he stays on the bag. But part of the reason why you get the out there is because Gary's got the arm to make yeah. that, to make to allow that play to happen. you got to give Miggy, uh, Higgy credit, though. He does have some good pop time, and he's got a decent arm back there. He, I forget who was running, but he th- threw a runner out at second. I was impressed. Oh. Yeah, but Gary Sanchez might be yes. the only catcher in Major yes. League Baseball that's got that type yes, of arm. Yes, of course. And, and you know, and I got to fight. You know, that's why I muted that that tweet because people are like Gary Sanchez is a. Some guy told me Gary Sanchez at best is a mediocre baseball player. No, no, oh. no. Well, Gary Sanchez at worst is the second or third best catcher in the fucking league. Right. And you know what? I mean, come on now. You said it best just now. He's got to go back to being a hitter because this is a guy who. A-Rod said back when he first came into the organization that he was the best hitter on the team. Uh-huh. I mean, Gary Sanchez is a phenomenal hitter. He hit 300 in those 53 games. He had 60 hits. 
now it's like he's turning into one of those hit or miss guys and it's it sucks to see because you know the kind of potential he has up at the plate. And where he is with the people in front of him and guys right. getting on base, yeah, he could do like fucking damage, dude. That guy. He could just be a He could do guy. damage if he could start spraying the ball. He'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. We I've said I said it on Twitter today too, and I think we brought it up on the show. Gary Sanchez is a Yankee, a homegrown Yankee that doesn't get the same benefit of the doubt that other homegrown Yankees get. That even you know, these guys, some guys that come up through the system, they get to skate a little bit more than you know the guys that the Yankees bring in high price free agents like a Stan, or if Cole, God forbid, has a bad outing. Yeah, you know, Gary Sanchez doesn't get that same benefit of the doubt. I don't know what it is about him. The pass balls can people can't get past the pass balls. Yeah, look, the pass balls don't even bother me as much as uh, a pitch like today that was a fastball, right painted on the bottom half left portion of the of the corner, and he drops it. And if he doesn't drop it, it's a it's a strike. In a situation where you need as many strikes and outs as you can get at the time. You're up by one, and he's dropping that ball. Those things bother me more than some of the past balls because, for instance, it was either la- I think it was last night. He, I, he maybe he was expecting a a curve, but it was a fastball like in the dirt at 97 miles an hour. You you don't fucking block that. He got lucky; it hit off the backstop and came right back to him. But that's not Gary's fault. Everything is everything's Gary's fault. You know that. Yeah. Gary Sanchez could hit four home runs. The Yankees could be up ten to nothing because he hit four home runs. And God forbid he allows a pass ball for and a runner can go from second to third, and that runner ends up scoring. And the Yankees win the game ten to one. People are going to want him uh, burned at the stake because of it. It's the same as if the Yankee if uh, Giancarlo Stanton hits uh, three home runs, two of them are grand slams, and they're up ten nothing because of them. And then the other team comes back. And scores ten in the eighth inning, or scores eleven in the in the ninth inning, and in the bottom of the ninth, there's a runner on third, and stands up with two outs and strikes out. They boom, and they say he oh, sucks. You know, Twitter was already starting to turn on him today. He hits two moonshots the first two games of the year, and then he strikes out a couple of times today. And uh, oh, he's a bum. He sucks. A couple of guys had some good good wood on the ball today, and just hit him right right at players. Yeah. Voight, Voight was one of them before the home run. Yeah, and he I got think Judge third baseman made a, a good play on him, and Judge did it line one out. He, he and Cohen pointed it out on a broadcast. He just didn't get the launch on it. Mm. But Voigt's definitely seen the ball well. He finally connected with one today. And I'm not, I'm not a big Luke Voigt fan. I'll be the first to admit it. But the 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 dumbness, for lack of a smarter word, uh, uh, this fan base to say that he was washed up after two games. Oh, yeah. Mike Ford. I mean, come on now. We're 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 clamoring for Mike Ford. Who looks like Homer Simpson? That's the guy we want out there. <laughs> I like Mike Ford, but Luke Voigt has earned this spot. I think that once he gets in really into it, he's going to be a really nice piece of his lineup. Yeah, and I think if uh, Corbin wasn't starting today, I think we could have seen Mike Ford today. I wasn't surprised that Voigt was still in the in the uh, in the lineup. And you know what? He hits the game tying home run, so good for him. And Glaber had a breakout game. Three hits. He gets he gets the first hit to break up the perfect game. He gets the home run to uh, get them on the board, and then he has the game the go ahead RBI single. So Glaber had himself a day, yeah, rough day then, in the field. But. Uh, you know, that's you know, and that's the thing. You know, people are like, oh, we don't need Didi. I, this is why I wanted Didi back is because I don't really I love Glaber Torres. He I really do, but I don't trust him as a shortstop right now. Yeah, Didi has a couple Didi dingers yeah. on the board already. You know, that son of a bitch broke my heart last night when he did the emoji tweets after the Phillies won. Yeah. That, really, that really got that me. That was tough to read. Yeah, it wasn't the that same. Was, that was tough. That was like that was like going to the prom solo when your ex-girlfriend is bringing the, the yeah. captain of the football team with him. And it's just like, really? You got to rub that shit in my face? DD douchebag. <laughs> so uh, other other highlights from Sunday. I think Jonathan Wise could look really good today. It's the same thing that we always say with him is he's got to be more economical, but his stuff was really good. He's got a 99 or 98 mile an hour plus fastball, and that curveball is really, really good. It's so good. It's just uh, can he ever stretch himself 
enough to be a guy that can give you six quality innings. Well, I'll say this first. It's tough going into a game when you know your pitch limit is so small. It's tough going into a game. No, and I understand that was his role today, but can he? we've never seen him in his time in I the know. big leagues. Be a guy that can get the Yankees six innings. I'm just can he can he evolve into a guy that you can trust to go out there and give you a dominant six innings? Well, that's I think all, you know from what, what we've heard, from, from what we've heard of Matt Blake, he's the guy who's going to be able to get this out of him. But like I was saying, who are we talking about right now? The wise guy. Okay. From like what I was saying though, going into that game knowing your pitch counts at 50, that puts a lot of pressure on you right off the bat. The problem with the wise is. This sounds crazy, but his stuff is too good where his command has always been an issue. And with stuff like that, it's so good that it doesn't, it's not catching enough of the plate where hitters are fooled. They're staying off of it. The scouting report on Loisica is literally don't swing until he throws you a fastball because his curveball, he's not able to really throw it for strikes. And when he does, you've seen it today. He, he got lucky on a couple that he left up in the zone. Mm-hmm which are still so good. Even his hanging curveballs are so good, it, it fools them. But really, these guys are waiting and sitting on his fastball because they know he can't throw his curveball for a strike. And when you have that kind of scouting report, you're not fooling anyone. And that's his biggest problem because let me tell you something, man. His fucking stuff is filthy. Yeah, I feel like I'd rather have that kind of problem than the opposite because that's something that a good pitching coach might be able Absolutely. To, to hatch out and, and really, really figure out. And the other guy I come away really impressed with today is Tommy Red Bull. Tommy the, Red Bull. Okay, the TK balls up. on that guy to keep going to his changeup, and that's who was that against uh, Tim's? Or Mar- it was Tames two. Or, it was two guys back to back, but Tim's is one of them. Yeah, he struck out. Uh, a, I forget who who was, whoever was up in fr- before Kendrick. He struck him out, and then they walked Kendrick, and then struck the next guy out. He had the balls to keep going to his changeup because he knew yeah. that was his best pitch, and he won with it. He struck out the side, spot. actually. I think he threw nine, nine changeups. Yeah, he did. He had three strikeouts in his long inning. Dude, that changeup. I've actually, I know, I know he has a good changeup, but I've never seen it look that good. I mean, first of all, it's coming in at ninety miles per hour, right? Right, and it's just dropping off at the last second over the uh, over the plate. Mm-hmm. Over the corner, I mean, it's unhittable. Yeah, he struck out Castro. Walked, then they walked uh, Kendrick, and then uh, it was uh, you say team. No, it's it's different than you say it's Marcus teams. Tim. It's teams, teams, right? Yeah. yeah, I think it's teams. Yeah. And he struck him out with the changeup. That was a big part of the game, right there, because the bases were loaded at that point. Oh, that was huge! I made my daughter cry actually. Oh well, my. I, Mine, I, I made mine wake up for that. I, I was screaming. Was, I had a sub, dude. Nice. That's really? Like, yeah. I was nah, like, that I was, was nice. I'm telling you, man. It's like the the games on. Like they're they're gonna make the playoffs. So who cares? What the fuck? We need to get you into this, bro. You need a Red Bull? <sighs> who? Him, Brian? Yeah, I do need a ball. Brian, why don't you go get I a got, Red I'm Bull? Sh- right? I'm shotgunning a ball. All right, yeah, I'm Why don't go you go get, get that Red Bull right now? Right. Yeah, because we, we actually, you know, there was some news in in the in the radio world uh, on Friday is that uh, Big Mike has retired once again, and NYYST actually, as we close out the show here, we actually landed an exclusive interview with Big Mike, his first interview since he announced his retirement. So, you know, it's unfortunate that Ryan always seems to miss these uh, these interviews. That it's we tough do, with three people, though. It's better with two. Yeah, you know, especially that I'm doing it remotely. It kind of screws up the video and audio of everything. But let's bring in Big Mike right now. Mike, how you doing? This is Chris and Christian of the NYYST podcast. How's it going, uh, bud? Uh, 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 I just woke up from a nap. <laughs> Napping this late, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I gotta. I'm on the that uh, REM cycle sleep. Okay, all right. So I'll uh, I'll stay up now until about midnight. Okay. Is this is this part of the retirement decision? Is it the sleep? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Chris. Okay, all right. Uh, I haven't been sleeping much. Okay, I've been uh, staying up, having nightmares with these ratings. Okay, uh, Michael K is doing a great job. Okay, 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 Michael K. Okay, and uh, got to my head. I'm not gonna lie, guys. And uh, I had to, uh, I had to uh, hang it up and uh, get my sleep schedule back, guys. 
All right, Mike. Now you've retired 84 times in the last three or four years. Okay. Now we want to know, we want to, we want the exclusive here. Is it true that this one is going to stick because you miss mink now? Yeah, I'm actually uh, heartbroken over that. But, uh, you know, I've been hanging out with Mink. Uh, he's actually cooking me a late-night snack right now. Hey, boss, you want peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and fluff? Oh, uh, God, he doesn't stop cooking and talking <laughs> to me, though. I'll take the fluff, Mink. Okay, boss, coming right up. Now, Mike, you're part Italian. No Nutella, man? Okay, yeah. Hey, Mink, throw some uh, Nutella on there, huh? I forgot I had that. Thanks. Thanks for some. Okay. I love Nutella. <laughs> I right, love Mike, Nutella. Before uh-huh. we let you Nutella's go. Nutella's the best. Okay. I love Nutella. <laughs> Extra Nutella, Mink. Okay, boss. So you got a pretty good setup. I mean. It's not bad. I got Mink. Uh-huh. You got a pretty good setup. Do you plan on doing anything after this? Is this a true straight retirement here? Are you going to finally spend time with your family? Uh, or you have other plans uh, in the works? Uh, well, I might. Uh, well, I got, still got the app. Okay. I still got the app. All right, I'm gonna maybe boost the price of the app. Oh, it's uh, not free yet. No, it's actually uh, 10.99 a week. Oh, so you raised the price? Yes. Uh, okay, we'll be uh, actually per day. Okay, we're gonna charge you five dollars a day. Okay, and uh, we're just gonna have a live stream of me uh, watching games. <laughs> All right, Mike. Before we let you go, because we don't want you to stay up too late, can you answer the yeah, one gonna burning slap question? Happy that, guys. Okay. Can we? Can we? Can you answer the one burning question that everybody in New York? wants to know is Andy Pettit a starting pitcher okay Andy Pettit is a starting pitcher okay the guy the guy throws six innings he averaged six innings a start okay the guy's not a bullpen arm okay he comes out there and he throws six innings a game I'm not gonna be too loud because it's late okay and I don't want to flush the mink he gets a little scared and he starts crying do you pay mink last question do you pay mink well no I don't pay him at all hey boy (laughs) Your food's ready, but uh, all right, my uh, my uh, my dinner's ready. All right, Mike, go enjoy you. Go yeah, enjoy your sandwich, butter, fluff, Mike, and, and, sandwich. Okay, have okay. a happy retirement. And a, and a, and a Diet Coke. Okay, bye, guys. Mike Francesa, Big huh. Mike caught the end of that. Exclusive that was a good interview. interview. That was awesome. Oh, guys. right, you missed you you missed no, I it. Caught, I caught the last bit of it. He's, I guess he's hanging out with Mink there, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's having a Diet Coke. How was your bowl? Good. Great bowl, dude. I shotgunned it. <laughs> Who's a better bull shotgunner? You or Tommy Canely? Oh man, dude, I got I'm, dude, I'm going Canely. TK I'm, I'm, double. I learned fist, from him. T- Tommy Canely double fist Red Bulls and shotguns them at the same time. He's fisting bulls, Tommy Canely. We haven't in. We uh, I'm not I'm not going to go there. I we know that Tommy Canely loves his Red Bull. It's confirmed. Okay, that's been confirmed. And today I felt like Tommy can Tommy Canely. If you remember, going into last year, he gave up the bull. And he came back then. He looked like he's back on the Red Bull diet when he came in today. All right. So, if you guys want to, you guys want to touch on anything, first uh, three games of the season here, Yanks go 2-1 uh, off to a nice touch start. On how about Tyler Wade and his quickness around the base? I was waiting huh? for you to, to bring him up. I was going to yeah, when I'm, you mentioned w- explode at any moment with Gary Sanchez. You were talking about him. I almost did, but. I mean, dude, to <laughs> score from first to uh, on from first on that one, who's that? Judge hit a little uh, yeah, judge uh, base hit to left that the the left fielder got to easily. It just Wade was too quick and for I, him out there. I love huh? how we have people tweeting us. Yeah, that's when he so scores when that. he scores that stack guy Rye is somewhere exploding. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little it, dude, two quick things before we do wrap up because now you you brought it up to me. Uh, I didn't like that Tyro Strada started. On uh, Thursday, no, no, he didn't no. start. He came into the game for DJ, right? Yes, it should, I thought it should have been Tyler Wade, number one. Yeah, okay. Why? I understand they, I, I, yeah, I, Tyler Shotta had a couple hits, but I still think that Wade should be the first guy in. Wade should be the number you one. Think sub. He's, just because he's earned it, you're saying? Yes, I do think okay. he's earned it, especially I agree after with he, you. he played on uh, Thursday. And number two, I also don't like the way the Yankees handled uh, DJ LeMayu on Saturday. If he wasn't ready to give you a full nine, then he shouldn't have played. Or he should have came in late in the game as for a pinch hitter. You shouldn't. Yeah. Because this goes back to what Ryan's saying about glorified spring training. They treated DJ LeMayu like he was in a spring training yep. game on Saturday. Right. I agree. And that, that I didn't like. I don't think he so liked he, it either, right? 
He kind of so, he said that's the last uh, time I'll be doing that this year. I'll be playing nine innings from yeah. here on out. So if he wasn't ready to give you nine, he doesn't start. Or if you want him to play the game, if it was a situation, I mean, the game was a blowout yesterday, so it never really came up. But a situation that occurs late in the game where you want DJ's bat in there, then he then he plays to the completion of the game. I didn't like that because that was just too much of a spring training. From what I remember, it wasn't a blowout when they took him out. Like, I think it was still a close enough game to be like, shit, now we don't have DJ in the lineup. Yeah. They were down by four. They may have been down by four or five. Seven, two, seven, two, I think, maybe. Six, well, two. Yeah, I didn't really. I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm, you know, we got booners for Boone, but, I, you know, that made my booner go away when he uh-huh. did that. I didn't really like yeah, that. Yeah, but that's something that's planned. You don't know. I know it is, but I didn't like it. I right. didn't like the fact. Yeah, no. that I knew he was. I knew he was going to do it because I heard him on the radio the day before saying that that was the plan for LeMayu, and I didn't like it when I heard it because that was my point. Like, don't treat this game like a freaking spring training game. If he's not ready to give you nine, don't start him. Agreed. Do we know how many innings he actually played? Three, was it, right? Was it three or four? No, I think he played a little bit more than that. Yeah, maybe. Well, he had three at bats. I don't know. Well, he didn't play the full game. He had three at bat, so he had to have played at least probably about five innings. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he had to played five. So yeah, I mean it was a little bit more of a blowout at that point. But still, I agree with you. I agree with you that I didn't really like how it was handled. Let's see, he played an ESPN's app sucks yeah i never use i don't even have a baseball app on my phone i just use it for scores at this point to be honest yeah yeah i don't i don't know he had to come out in like the fourth or in like the fifth because think about it the yankees really weren't doing much he got three at bats you know i'm sure somebody will love to tweet us so they came out in this exact moment so but it's not that important but i like i said i didn't really like the way they handled that so Yeah, Braves up twelve to one on the Mets right now. Bottom of the sixth. Boom. Poor Metsies. All right, so let's look ahead here. Coming up, the next week of action for the Yankees. Uh, I just saw this, so we're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to figure something out for next Sunday because the Yankees are playing the Red Sox at seven o'clock. So we can't record. You know, we can't do the show late uh, like we're doing now. We're gonna probably have to do like our, you know, back to our Sunday night baseball preview show. I like that though. We always have so uh, we always have good preview good shows for first Sunday night game against Boston. So the Yanks are home. Uh, I'm sorry, the Yankees are in Philly for two uh, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, remember, Tuesday is a little bit of a weird game because the uh, first pitch is at six oh five. So be on the make sure you pay attention to that. And then they're home for two Wednesday and Thursday. First two home games of the year against Philly. Before Boston comes in for the weekend, 31-1 in, in the August 2nd. Uh, and like I said, we'll probably figure on recording early Sunday, get the show out before the game on Sunday night, which we usually do when there's Sunday night baseball. So that'll probably be the schedule going forward. And then the Yankees, uh, you know, they're not off until August 10th, which is a Monday, and we'll have just did a show. So it doesn't really make sense that we'll do shows on consecutive days. So. I don't and just to confirm, you were right about DJ. He played five innings. So they were kind of getting blown out at that point. So, Yeah, I want to get to two shows. Two shows soon. I think it's a necessity for us. You know, once the games start rolling, too, we'll have so much more to talk about. Yeah, but so like, much- we, like we were just saying, it's tough with with uh, no off days. Yeah, But we, we'll make it work. Yeah. All right, thank you very much for listening to episode 186 of the NYYST podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Stat Guy Rye. Go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.